is on. All right, good evening, everyone. My name is Assistant Pastor Herman Alexander Sr. We'll be teaching on grace tonight, the gift from God. Grace, colon, the gift from God. Our foundation scriptures, Romans 4, verse 20 through 25, and Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. So let's go to our first foundation scripture, which is found in Romans 4, starting at verse 20. It says, he staggered not at the promise, referring to Abraham, of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for sake alone, for his sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Chapter five, verse one and two. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into what? This grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You may be seated. Looks like we obtained this grace, but once again, it's through faith. It's always through faith. Faith is the lifestyle of the believer. So even grace is obtained by faith. Now the purpose of this message is to open the eyes of the believers and give understanding to both young and old about the gift of grace that God has given to man. Our goal and objective is that the believer will be able to make the adjustment so that sin no longer dominates them. Amen. Sin tries to dominate you because before you were saved, you were led by two forces, the lust of your flesh and the influence of a demon spirit. You were born separated from God. You didn't know God. You didn't know his word. You didn't know, you didn't know the devil. You didn't know his tactics. So sin was normal. You had the nature of sin. But once you become born again, you no longer have that nature. So if you sin now, even though you're born again, you're really sinning out of your flesh. And God doesn't want you to be led by the flesh because if you're led by the flesh, what happens? You shall surely die. Surely die, so it's automatic death. Because the flesh really doesn't do things based on whether it's right or wrong, whether it's of God or of the devil. Your flesh just wants to be satisfied whatever you do. It doesn't know no better, it just wants to be satisfied. Now, in our introduction, we look at the grace of God on your life was not meant for you to continue in sin because it's been taught around the country about if you mess up, then you don't have to worry about it because you got the grace on you. But that's not true. You still have to live a righteous life, a holy life, a sanctified life. So the grace of God on your life 
is really designed to help you live a great, uh, a holy and sanctified life. Now the grace of God on your life was not meant for you to continue in sin that you were delivered from, but to receive freedom from sin and not freedom to sin. Amen. Now, even though sin is a choice, you are free to choose not to sin because of the grace of God in your life. So it's a choice. Life is choice driven. So we still have to choose to do it God's way. That's why the renewing of your mind is so important. And you renew your mind how? By paying attention to the word, listening to the word on a regular basis, because you have to put the word in you to get the world out of you. Because we were born into the world system. So the longer it takes for you to get born again, you have more worldliness in you. So the sooner the better. That's why the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. So if you got some little ones, they need to be in church as they're coming up. Amen. Then they won't be captivated by so much unrighteousness. I remember my son, he been here, my son's 27, no, eight, no, 27, yeah, 27. He'd be 28 in October, Herman Jr. He'd been here since he was four. And he would come home from school sometimes and say, hey, dad, such and such did this. He said, that's not of God, is it? I said, no, it's not. I said, you have to understand, you might be the only child on that school bus that's saved. You might be the only child in their room, in your classroom that's saved. But he got it from coming to church on a regular basis because mom and dad came to the church on a regular basis and we taught him on a regular basis. So he recognized sin and ungodliness from his, out of his peers, so he didn't follow them. And that's what we all have to do. Even sometimes grandkids, sometimes you have access to your grandkids because sometimes your kids don't follow in your footsteps, but you have access to them sometimes when you babysit them or when you keep them sometime. Because God holds you responsible for the, I believe it's the first and second generation. That'd be your kids, your kids' kids, and their kids. Mm -hmm. So like I say, it's, it is a choice. It is a choice. Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 4, verse 20. And I want you to focus on the word staggered. It says, and he staggered not at the promise of God. Talking about referring to Abraham. That word staggered, Greek word, 1252. Diacrino, diacrino, it means to withdraw from. So he's saying Abraham did not withdraw from the promise of God. He was fully persuaded. He did not withdraw from. He did not hesitate from the promise of God. He did not doubt from the promise of God. He did not waver from the promise of God. So when God tells us that we've been redeemed, we can't stagger with that. We have to believe it. We have to stand on it. Amen. We ain't seen Jesus, but we believe it. So if you believe it, you got to stand on it. And it's better to stand on it when nothing severe is happening in your life. So when the heartache and pain, the hard stuff comes, then you've been standing when nothing severe was going on. So when something severe goes on, you can still stand. Amen. Amen. And it makes you stronger.
Now, in Romans 5, 1 and 2, focus on what verse 2 says. It says, by whom also we have access, how? By faith into this grace wherein we stand, we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So verse two says that we have access of his grace through faith. So you just have to believe when he said, in, in other words, you have to look at it. If you mess up, it don't mean you can't get no blessings because you mess up. Because first one, first John one nine, that's the eraser. That's the cleanser. If you mess up, father, I messed up again. And if you mess up again, because see, the Bible said that God knows the intentions of the heart. He know if you're really trying to stop cursing, if you're really trying to stop smoking, if you're really trying to stop fornicating, he knows if you're really trying to do that. The Bible said man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. He looks at the heart. The reason why he looks at the heart, because your heart tells God what you're really trying to do. Because you can say anything with your mouth. You can tell a lie and it'll sound real good. It'll sound convincing. That's how the devil does. He's a deceiver. But your heart tells you. That's why they came up with the, uh, what's that uh, thing? The lie detector. Lie detector. You can sit there and think you're going to pass as soon as, you, as soon as you say the wrong thing. No, I didn't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You can say you didn't do it, but your heart tells them if you did it or not. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's look at our first point now. First point, we're going to look at, I'm going to kind of lay a foundation tonight. Uh, actually, uh, Pastor Latour, he was supposed to come tonight, but he couldn't make it, so he asked me to come in. So I was actually going to teach the next two Tuesdays, so I got this Tuesday. So I'm just going to kind of lay a little foundation tonight, and then we'll break it open the next two Tuesdays. So let's look at what is grace? Grace is a Greek word, number 5485. Caress, caress, caress. It means God's favor that he gives to his children that don't deserve it. God's favor that he gives to his children that don't deserve it. See, what, what makes God so happy with you is because you believed in his plan of salvation. You believed in Jesus because that's really what sends a person to hell because they don't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. They don't believe in the plan of salvation. So they don't accept them and they go some, to some other type of um, uh, belief, some other type of religious belief that keeps them away from God. But see, those other religious beliefs, they're comfortable to the flesh. But Christianity make you squirm a little bit because it's trying to remove you from sin. Amen. So it's God's favor that he gives to his children that don't deserve it. Now listen to this. It's favor on the part of the giver and thanks on the part of the receiver. Favor on the part of the giver and thanks on the part of the receiver. Can we say thank God for his grace? Amen. 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 This is God displaying his strong love for you, even if you in sin. He still loves you. 
Amen. What the Bible said, he's married to the backslider. So you can be going to church 10, 15 years and mess up and be out of church for five years and come back. He still love you. Because remember, he was loving us back in the day when we were still getting high, smoking weed, drinking, going out, partying. He loved us. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for the grace. Amen. Just think if he would, he would pull up a piece of paper and say, I can't let you in because back in uh, 1999, you did this. So I can't let you in. But he shows us unconditional love. Amen. Amen. Unconditional love. Okay. Grace is also God's unmerited favor, undeserved favor, and unearned favor. You can't do nothing to earn it because it's a gift from God. And what do you do when somebody gives you a gift? You receive it, amen? Grace is also God's work in us, for us, and through us. Thank God for his grace. Amen. By the way, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Now, let's look at what grace isn't so we can get some, some, some clarity on it. Grace, this is our second point. What grace isn't. The first point was what grace is, and this is what grace isn't. First of all, it's not a license to sin. It's not a license just because you be forgiven for your sins. It's not a license to sin. Bible talks about the law actually caused sin to increase. And the purpose of the law to cause sin to increase so you could recognize you needed a savior because you can't stop it by yourself because that was your nature. You can't stop it by yourself. So it was God's plan all the time to save you from your sins so that you could serve him how long? All the days of my life. All the days of your life. So there is no retirement in serving God. Amen. Now, that might be a health challenge where you might have to stop. But other than that, you need to be serving. Amen. We shouldn't have anybody warming up the pews. Amen. Amen. Check your neighbor. Say, are you serving yet? Amen. Amen. So right. you see Minister Nance after service. <laughs> so you won't be a pew warmer. Maybe we should tag the pew warmers. <laughs> All righty. Let's turn to Jude. Book of Jude. 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 The book before Revelation. Jude. Start at verse 3, Jude 3. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write to you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. 
for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is like having no restraints and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a bad thing. You turn in the grace of God into lasciviousness. Because lascivious having no restraint. You just keep on doing it. You just keep on doing it. You just keep on doing it. God forgive you. Keep on doing it. But he's also watching you. Because like I said before, the Bible says God knows the intent of the heart. Are you really trying to stop? You know, you talk to people at work. Yeah, I'm trying to quit smoking cigarettes. But on payday, you go buy two cartons. I tell them, I say, if you're trying to quit, just bum cigarettes from, from here on out. Don't go buy two cartons and say, well, after these, I'm going to quit. That, them last two could kill you. I, I was, uh, uh, used to be a real estate agent, and I had a uh, client, and she used to smoke. And uh, I was selling her another house. And before we got ready to close on her house, I think it was maybe 30 days left, I said, I thought you told me to stop smoking. I am, when I get the new house, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go ahead and stop smoking. But for these last 30 days, I'm gonna go ahead and, and finish out. <laughs> so I say, so therefore you're gonna put poison in your body for 30 more days and then quit. Mm -hmm. So you have to hit them, say something to them to make them think. Cause they don't realize what they're doing. We know they're addicted, we know it's an addiction but you have to say something to them to make them think. Give the Holy Spirit something. Holy Spirit will give you what to say to them so he can bring it back to their remembrance, what they said. Okay, let's look at Romans chapter six again. Romans six again. And that's the other thing about lasciviousness, when a person can't control it, they will speak it into existence by saying, I can't stop. I can't stop. There is no can't in the Bible. Anybody seen the word can't in the Bible? I haven't seen it yet. But that's the person that's Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for Lack of knowledge. Translation, my people are dumb and made silent because they don't know me and my word. Amen. Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. That's when, you got, that's when your salvation came. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in what? Newness of life, newness of life. Sin is in the past. Didn't, didn't the scripture say, didn't Paul say? Forgetting those things that are behind. 
forgetting those things that are behind. So we forget those things that are behind. We don't need to go in the past and pull them back up. Just because we got grace on us, we don't go back and pull them back up. Turn to uh, 1 John 3. That's why you have to be careful who you hang around. Because see, the devil will use some of your peers, even relatives, to try to pull you back down where you used to be. Especially when you start climbing up, getting higher, and God started exalting you. Yeah. Verse 7, 1 John 3, 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Anybody born of God? Amen. Amen. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So if you're born of God, you can't sin. Sin is, sin, see, before you had, a, you had a sin nature, but when you're born again, you have a God nature. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. So you can't sin. So that when, you, when a sin manifests, it comes out of your flesh. That's why you have to, the feeding of your spirit has to outweigh the feeding of your flesh. Because if you feed your flesh more than your spirit, your flesh going to dominate. Amen. So you got to stop feeding your flesh. We have to, we have to eat the word of God in abundance. Before, when I was doing a teaching, I used the word saturate, saturate. You got to saturate yourself in the word. Good example, you get in the bathtub naked, in a bathtub full of chocolate syrup, get covered up and step out and try to shake it off. Don't use no towel to wipe it off, try to shake it off. I bet if you even use a towel, you couldn't take all of it off. Amen. You got to get in the word like that. You have to be saturated. Saturated because see you are a carrier of that word. So when you go in the store, you got some word in you for somebody. At work, you got some word in you for somebody. If something's going on, you got some word in you for somebody. You go to the hospital, you got some word in you for somebody. Me and a wife, we went to a, a graduation the other day, and uh, we went to what was that? We went to the we went to Applebee's to eat. And I was going to pray, but I just sat there for a minute. I wanted to see if anybody was going to say, let's pray. And there's about what? How many of us? About eight, nine, ten of us. Nobody say nothing. You know, they come take your order and stuff like that. Give you some water first. Everybody sipping the water. I'm looking around everybody. I couldn't take it no more. I said, come on, y'all, let's pray. Let's pray. <laughs> but that's just to show how people do. Some people only pray if they're at home and eat dinner and they go out and do nothing. I remember one time I went to this place, I was gonna buy me a couple of sandwiches for lunch. 
and they was passing out samples of cake. And there's about, probably about five or six people behind me. They gave me a sample. Father, I thank you for this cake. I said, bless and sanctify this cake, nutrition on body. They behind me, but I didn't care. This is the temple of God. You pray before you put anything in the temple, amen? No matter how many people behind you. Okay, let's, uh, what grace is? And we say it's not a license to sin. Okay, turn to Hebrews 6, Hebrews chapter 6. Grace is not a license to become lazy. Not to become lazy. What did I say, Hebrews? Hebrews 6. Hey, give me a second. My Hebrews tab is tore. So I got to finger it. Hebrews 6. That says Hebrews 6? Yeah, Hebrews 6. Okay, drop down to verse 12. Let's read to verse 11. Well, let's start at 10. Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end, that you be not, what? Slothful or lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So you're gonna get the promise if you don't cave in and quit. You're gonna get the promise. So you have to be faithful and you have to be patient because the scripture says the answers of God are yea and amen, meaning yes and so be it. So what if you ask God, as long as it's in line with the word, he said you got it. But the thing what gets people is they keep looking at how long, where's it? The time factor goes out the window because it's like, uh, it's like this. When you pray and ask God for something, it's like, you pray and ask God for something. They put a tag on it and they put it in the layaway. It's in the layaway. It's yours. Got your name on it. Now, you need to get it out the layaway, right? So how you get it out the layaway? Through your confession. Thank you, Father, I believe I have a new car in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, I believe I have $1,000 now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, I believe I have it. Because he tagged it. It's yours. What happens is, after a few days, a few weeks, then you stop confessing. But it's still in the layer for you, but you stop confessing. That's why it takes so long, because you gotta get back on track and continue confessing. Your confession brings possession, so why would you stop? Because it took long. He didn't say that it would always manifest instantly, but you gotta remember, it's in the spirit realm, and your confession brings it out of the spirit realm into the natural realm. So through faith and patience, you inherit the promise. Amen? Okay. What grace isn't, it is not an encouragement to settle for miserable circumstances. First Corinthians 
Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We got to believe and stand on what we believe when it comes to the things of God. And it's better to believe now while nothing hectic is going on. So when something really, really hectic comes about, and it will in different ways, then you, you've been standing for so long, God brought me through this, I know he got my back on this. Amen. First Corinthians 10, drop down to verse 13. Says there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is what? Faithful, who will not suffer or not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. So therefore, if God allowing you to go through it, He know you can handle it, because He ain't gonna let you be in a situation where you bust a blood vessel in your head because you're worrying. Worrying is contaminated faith. You're not standing. You, had let, you let fear and doubt come in. It says, God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also do what? Make a way of escape that you may be able to bear. So he, every time you get into something, God already know you was gonna get into it. So therefore, he already had the solution. But the problem is, you're too far away from God. The relationship is not where it's supposed to be. So therefore, you still try to figure it out yourself. And that's where stress comes in. So if we was closer to God, then we wouldn't have to worry about the, how, how am I going to do that? Well, who said you had to do it? Amen. He didn't already told us the, the battle is not yours. Amen. The battle is not yours. So if the battle is not ours, all we have to do is receive the instructions and make the application. Amen. 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 Now let's look at what grace does. What grace does. What grace does. Grace empowers you to be successful turning away from sin. It empowers you to turn away from sin. Now, what do we mean by that? Because God loves you so much. When you go and commit a sin, and you say, oh, Father, I'm sorry, I messed up, I repent. And then you do it again, maybe a month later, same thing. You know, the Bible talks about the sin that easily besets you. You do it again and again and again. But God knows the intention of your heart. You're not trying, you just need some more help. You need some wisdom. So you ask Holy Spirit for some wisdom for that. Now, how it makes you successful is like he's saying, God is so good, I ain't gonna do this no more. He too good. Why do I wanna do this to God and he been so good? Because see, God rewards faithfulness, not you being perfect. Because the Bible's already told us there's no one perfect, no, not one. So we'll never reach perfection, but we're perfect in Jesus. So because we're perfect only in Jesus, when we mess up, <coughs> I got you, I got you. And he got you because you believed in Jesus. Amen. Who died for your sins? Jesus. 
You've been redeemed by the blood of who? Jesus. Because of that, God, I got your back. I got your back. If you mess up, don't worry about it. When the, when the, when the brother asked Jesus, if my brother mess, uh, 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 mess up seven times, am I supposed to forgive him all seven times? He says, seven times 70. That's 490 times. Now, hopefully you don't mess up that much. But if you did, he said, I still got you back. See? See, by then you should have a revelation. I ain't doing it no more. <laughs> if you ain't dropped dead. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I need my bottle of water out the layaway. <laughs> okay, what we saying now? Grace empowers you to be successful turning away from sin. Secondly, grace encourages you to stop sinning to a God that is so good. Romans 2, turn to Romans chapter 2. Grace encourages you to stop sinning to a God that is so good. Romans chapter 2. Uh, let me see, let's... Oh, I'll just start at verse 1. Romans 2, 1. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whosoever you are that judges. For wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you that judge do the same things. How many people know people like that? <laughs> talking about you and they doing the same thing. Verse 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And think you this, O man, that judges them which do such things and does the same, that you shall escape the judgment of God? Or despise you the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering? not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. He's so good, it's almost like, I gotta stop. I gotta stop, he's too good, he's too good. He's so good, I gotta stop. Amen. Amen. Okay, third, grace makes you think twice about disappointing God with your life. Makes you think twice about disappointing God. So I'm going to do this to God. He sent his son, died for my sins. He forgave me. I done messed up, messed up my ties, spent too much money, took a drink, smoked a joint, shouldn't have did that, and he didn't forgive me. And still gave me a raise at work, still promoted me at the church, and I done did that. I got to stop. He too good. He too good. Makes you think twice about disappointing. Am I going to continue to disappoint God just because the grace of God is on my life? The free gift of grace. See, God loves you so much because of the fact that you believed in Jesus. He got a whole lot of stuff in store for you because you believed. Because that opens the door for the blessings of God. It opens the door for the relationship with God. We ain't seen Holy Ghost, but you believe him. And we've been talking about him and we've been at the church so long, we got a relationship with Holy Ghost. 
That's one of the keys, too, that hinders a lot of churches. They don't teach about how to hear from God. Amen. So therefore, they're they build a relationship with the pastor. You can tell when you talk to them, they say, well, my pastor said this. There was a guy at work. He used to try to talk about the word like I do. And uh, he was still smoking cigarettes. I said, man, you really need to stop doing that, man, because it makes your witness kind of kind of null and void. You're talking about God and you're still smoking. And uh, he said, yeah, yeah, I know I'm trying to quit. He said, but me and the pastor, cool. He said, I got the pastor phone number. See, you want to see right here? I got the pastor phone number. So what? <laughs> I got the pass the phone. What that mean? You got the pass the phone number. Yeah. But uh, then several months later, I didn't see him no more. Uh, his name was Tony. I said, hey, man, where Tony at? I said, oh, he said, oh, man, he, uh, he dropped dirty on a, on a urine test. <laughs> he had been smoking weed. <laughs> Instead of smoking them cigarettes, he had some left-handed cigarettes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yet he was going around talking about God. Mm-hmm. Okay, fourth, grace makes you aware of the presence of God. Grace makes you aware of the presence of God. Okay. Now, quick review, and then we'll do a summary, and we'll close it out. We looked at, we said what is, what grace is. It's a Greek word, number uh, 5485, spelled C-H-A-R-I-S. I didn't give you that at first, but that's how you spell it. C-H-A-R-I-S, chorus. We said it was God's favor that he gives to his children that don't deserve it. We said it was favor on the part of the giver and thanks on the part of the receiver. We said there's also God displaying his strong love for you even when and if you sin. We said grace was also God's unmerited favor, unmerited, undeserved, and unearned favor. And we said grace was God's work in us, for us, and through us. Our second point, we said, what grace isn't. We said grace isn't a license to sin. Looked at Jude 3 and 4, Romans chapter 6, verse 1. I think we went to uh, three or four verses on it in Romans, though. Let me see right quick. Let's get that. Make sure I got that right. Six. Romans 6, verses 1 through 4. And we said, grace isn't a license to become lazy. Hebrews 6, 12. Now 6, 10 through 12, excuse me. And we said, grace is not an encouragement to settle for miserable circumstances. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And the third point, we said, what grace does, grace empowers you to become successful at turning away from sin. Grace empowers you to be successful turning away from sin. Secondly, grace encourages you to stop sinning to a God that is so good. Romans 2, 1 through 4. And we said grace 
makes you think twice about disappointing God with your life. And we said grace makes you aware of the presence of God. In summary, God has unconditional love for you because you believed in his redemption plan, the Savior, Jesus. Write down Mark chapter 9, verse 23, and Hebrews 13, 5. <coughs> In fact, let's go there. Let's go. We got time? Yes, sir. Okay. Let's turn, turn, turn to Mark 9 and Hebrews 13. Mark 9, 23. Verse 23 says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, a few things are possible. All things are possible to him that believes. Now you have to be, you have to watch that because sometimes you can tell a person that you believe in God for that and they won't believe like you believe. But it's based on you believing. It says all things are possible to them that believe. Not your family believing the same thing you believe. So that's why you have to find a good prayer partner that gonna believe and stand on something that you believe in for, amen? Because everybody just, sometimes they just wanna be nosy. And everybody say that they believe, don't really believe like you believe. So you gotta find a good, 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 good prayer partner. Okay, it was uh, Hebrews, say Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, five. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's always there with you because you believed, you have to believe that he's there too. He told the disciples, go into all nations and preach the gospel to every creature. And he can, he'll be there with you confirming his word with signs following. Because who's the healer? Jesus, not the disciples, they're just the yielded vessels. So if Jesus is the healer, he's got to be there when you lay in hands. Amen. He's got to be there when you pray, okay? Because when, when, when the signs come, that's Jesus manifesting himself, amen? Okay, also in summary, we said the grace of God should make you want to stop sinning and be the child of God that he can use in the earth realm so he can draw others to Christ. God's looking for some examples. He can't come and manifest himself because the way he set up the system is done through man because he gave us the earth realm. So therefore he needs some examples. That's why a lot of people are running to the devil's examples because they don't see any Christian examples. Now some of it is because of the attack on the church by the devil. He's making the church look bad. Amen. So those of us who know the word, we got to walk in the word. Amen. Amen. And one more. Grace gives you the freedom to turn from sin 
and not freely to sin. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. That's all I got. And give the Lord a hand.